0: Hello there. Welcome to the World Cafe Podcast. This podcast has been designed with created content that centers on the power of words. Can we really do anything without speaking? Can we really do anything without the agency of words? Yes, that is what this podcast is all about. And I am your host, Amakri Issoboye, your neighborhood word trader. I believe in the power of words for it is the unit of creation. I trade in words to profit my world. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good everything. Hi people wonderful being here with you again yes how are you doing i can't start without asking that question because the truth is if you're not there i'm not here and because i'm here because of you and you know we're all here for one another welcome to the world cafe live show yes you're seeing his face today i've allowed him because he's not a stranger to this space yes he's here with us today that HRO. we call him the HR Marvin Gaye for those of us who understand that we know that <laughs> he's <laughs> an amazing personality within this space and I have him on the show today what are we going to be talking about our new HR model you know he's been here before so he doesn't need so much introduction but I'll allow him to say one or two things about himself and boom we're into the show you have the floor
1: Thank you, my friend. It is really good to be here. I mean, your Thank show you. is one of the more vibrant in this space. So uh, it's a joy. You. And uh, yes, uh, I've got three numbers for you. 30, 20, 10, right? Yeah. 30 years mm. I've been working around changing wow. the world of business and largely that's mm. through technology and other things. Mm. 20 in the HR world. Um, so, yeah, two decades experience there. And then 10, because I've been independent for 10 years with people in mm-hmm. Transformation HR, so 30-20-10, that's how I'll introduce my backstory and where I'm at. Wow, amazing.
0: I, I mean, we, we, we will consider you a guru in this space, that's the truth, <laughs> considering what you have outlined now. Now, our Thanks. new HR model, now mm.
1: before we go into the new, what was the old and why why are we jumping into the new now? Uh, I think the old is something that many of us are in. So it's a bit like when two fish meet in the ocean and one says how's the water today? And one goes, what water? <laughs> because they're just operating and don't recognize it. So many of us have business partners, centers of excellence, and shared service support. And we all kind of go, that's the, the way HR operates. And it has been for about 26, 27, 28 years, right? So almost as long as I've been in the workplace. That's how long this model um, has been around. And, uh, and I think the Adaptations to it are probably many. And some people say, no, we're not doing it like that. And they're doing a variation or a twist. But the predominant model is what we know as the business partner model or or the Ulrich model. Three distinct parts, shared service, centre of excellence, ODE, payroll, Mm. reward, and shared services that looks at things like administration and so on. So that model's been around for a long time and the world has changed a lot. (laughs) And I think it's time that we gave it some upgrades a bit like software um and 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 that's where i think the thinking is coming from okay
0: so 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 now considering what you have outlined and all the changes we've seen what is the new what is the future because Mm -hmm. when you talk about new you're looking at the future here now Mm. what's the new what should we consider
1: yeah, I think I think the new has to be about intersectionality, if that's a phrase I can use, which is where mm-hmm. things aren't in verticals or swim lanes, but they are c- connected or nested circles. Right. So, yeah, right. I'll give I'll give you an example in the. That- Often organisation design and development practitioners are involved in lots of change work and they often sit in the centre of excellence. Yet people who are receiving intelligence about talent, performance and so on are often business partners sat with their... Uh, clients their business leaders and the two have to cross a divide in order to get mm-hmm. the intelligence in to make the design work to then implement the design i'm saying why don't we operate in an intersectional way anyway so that the intelligence and the design is almost real-time responsive mm-hmm. and and isn't so uh, i would say separated it is much more integrated into the way we operate so that's just one example of where i think this model has a chance to break down our own potential silos and our own vacuum packed ways of operating to be much more responsive adaptive in tune and therefore um i guess a little bit more rapid and uh, evidence-led in what we do
0: okay now 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 considering what you have explained now is like creating a nexus two things coming in together you know and you know and all of that but you you now have a generation that is on the floor today Uh, we we describe them as the uh is it generation next now or the gen z's as we call them and the millennials as we call (laughs) them how how do we bring them into all of this because they are so would i say not uncoordinated now but getting them to fit into that mold, mm. pretty yeah. pretty challenging how do we get them
1: I, I think there's something, isn't there, about what we're exposed to and, our, and how, how we um, uh, set our expectations, right? So we mm. have a generation that have been brought up with the internet and a constant stream of information and a constant connectedness to be mm. able to contact people and perform transactions when they want, how they want, and so on. And the workplace is no different for them. So if they have to fill in a form and wait for two weeks for something to happen, they're like, what century am I in? It mm. should be like like that. So some of the systems I think we have, we we kind of go, yeah, but we need to have bureaucracy to support them. And we're like, yeah, but it doesn't need to be painful and and Mm. counterproductive bureaucracy. And I think we've got this thing in work where what we've done is we've created almost like a permission-seeking, very rigid way of of getting something like time off approved or some expenses or a training course being booked. And it's almost like, in the real world, these people would make those choices themselves. They're adults. Mm. They can discern what's right. Yet we infanticize them a little bit mm. in the workplace and say, No, you have to get permission, you have to and it's like I I I, I know what I want, when I want, and how I want. So I think we're meeting this kind of agitation, I suppose, from people who are outside work, can Mm -hmm. make choices and and do things, and inside work they have to seek permission and and wade through bureaucracy. And it doesn't do anybody good that we stick in either one of those operations or not. We need to get people to understand what responsible um, decision-making looks like and how you are then accountable for your choices and what you do for them. So I think this sense of autonomy Mm -hmm. but aligned to business success is what younger people are saying, I want to do good here but don't get in my way and don't slow me down. I want to do it quick and I want to do it my way. So, you know, talent is obviously a big issue in the world of work in terms of we've got the right people in the right place doing the right thing at the right time for Mm. the right outcomes. And I think part of that choice and part of that architecture needs to liberate people to Mm. do that as best they can. So, yeah, so I think we have this... Perfect storm, if you want, of an old mm-hmm. system, new mm-hmm. mindset, and we've mm-hmm. we've got a meld the two to as you say. Yeah. Now, now we have
0: the 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 the, the rise and rise, and if I must use that word of AI, you know, within oh, yeah. the workspace. Yes, ChatGPT is like has changed a lot of things and all of that. Now, now from your perspective and where you stand, how can we really leverage on? This, I mean, Mm. artificial intelligence, chat and all of that within this new model.
1: I think there are a number of different areas. So if I unpack a couple of areas, it might help you. So one of the new aspects to this model is to have a product management function within HR. So people who are dedicated to creating products that do what we just said, they get people what they need quickly. They uh, create the positive experience. They service the organization and the individual's needs in harmony. Now, those people will need intelligence to know what's hot for people, what mm. process... Um, Lag is there. Um, How can we create control without stifling and and slowing down? And we can use artificial intelligence to help us do that. We can deploy scripts and bots and and schemas that people can interact with to say, right, uh, I need to learn how to coach. I'm not a team leader yet, but I recognize the skills are going to be really useful. And somehow artificial intelligence will say, in order to access this, here's some early learning, here's some Mm -hmm. contextual uh, reading, and then Mm -hmm. you can then decide what kind of intervention supports you. So we don't need learning and development diagnosis. We diagnose ourselves through Mm -hmm. AI, helping us break the kind of boundary, I suppose, of locked Mm -hmm. information and choice Mm -hmm. and and then, you know, a programme that we can pull together. And then I think we start to see how people can use those kinds of information resources Mm -hmm. and access content and access available people to build Mm -hmm. their own program to coach and learn And we've got some, I guess you'd say, sort of responsibility then to go, what's the outcome of that? And artificial intelligence can help us. Are they quicker at making decisions? Are they better at team culture? Are they stronger with their customer relationships? Yes. Here's what that is as value. And we can do a really straight line between intervention and value. Mm -hmm. And great. That's solved a lot of problems in us not knowing how powerful learning could be for somebody so i think that you know there's just a couple of examples there it's information and Mm -hmm. and useful distillation of that and then following the trail of of impact and value created that's where ai is really exciting for me
0: beautiful now the other day i was reading uh an eu report where they, they, they are trying or not they are they have even come up with a law to like restrict the use of ai in things like recruitment activities. You need to declare it. You need to make it known and all of that. So we're beginning to have laws, you know, coming up to fight against this new what I see technology and all that. From where you stand, what, what, what I mean, what's your mm. take on this? Mm.
1: Well, I think it's a good thing because I think our concern is that if we turn over too much to the machine, it will be all algorithm-based and therefore it will be devoid of those sensitive human judgments that we know we mm-hmm. can make about how to approach certain things like rejecting somebody for promotion or whatever, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So I like
1: that. I like that it keeps the control of high-touch human sensitivity Mm -hmm. in our control. And I think there's something about the openness about it, really, which is if you say to people, right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a statement of your intent in a a promotion opportunity, some Mm -hmm. examples of where you think you've demonstrated some capabilities. And we are going to first use a script to tell us whether that's a good match or not. And then after that, what we'll do is we'll then invite you to a scenario we'll get you to work on something and then we'll make a human judgment on top of the machine right. and if you know that i think you can take great comfort in the fact that they are being very open about where yeah. machine learning is helping and where human beings are also right. adding to it but we need to be very strong on things like bias and, and so okay. on so those are really crystal clear to people that the decision is going to be made on evidence and on a non-biased kind of algorithm that if they needed to they could scrutinize the code and look at the decision making parameters i think that kind of openness that that obviously is coming from these kind of regulations absolutely keeps us in the right space and we don't get too carried away with automation and we don't ignore it and its possibilities beautiful you know when i read that report myself just what
0: you just laid out now I mean, that was what came to my mind. I was like, "Okay, yes, uh, AI is here to support. We're here to make uh, quick decisions and all that." But you know what? We, we, we can't. We can't. Should I say trade off that human yeah. aspect of decision making to yeah. uh, AI and all I'm of joking. that because you never can tell what will happen along the line. No. You know, and no. we will begin to have the matrix, the matrix yeah. problem. Go
1: ahead, go ahead. Totally that, and I think you've hit on a really important point, which is how we team with machines right and by machines i mean code and so on in this respect not robotic machines but i guess there's that too right Mm -hmm. but i think it is almost like we need to know what the problem is and know how the technology can solve the problem in part for us Mm -hmm. before we even just outsource we need to know Mm -hmm. what are we trying to achieve and how does technology help us do that but what is the crucial maybe even five percent human factor that we need to have as the ultimate wraparound. And I think we've seen some examples where programmers have switched off machine learning because it's taken itself in a direction that they don't understand. They're like, whoa, this is dangerous, so switch off. We don't want to go anywhere near that. We want to keep it so that it is working with us, deployed Mm -hmm. by us in a sensible Mm -hmm. way. So Mm -hmm. there's a new capability for us, which is how do we know how to use the code? We have to Mm -hmm. learn. We have to learn our way into that. And then we deploy it very sensibly and cautiously, but also very actively, like you say to speed things up and and you know just something as simple as um, recruitment campaigns where so many people don't get a response back saying, "Thank you for your interest we uh, are grateful, but you know we had a real response, and here's why you're not selected well, if we can automate some of that we can take a lot of the heavy lifting away from us, but keep a human touch, keep a human touch to that. Then I think we're, we're we're increasing the chances of giving people helpful information, using machines that we wouldn't be able to do right now because the demands would be too much for us. So I think it's Uh, it's where it augments, right? It augments. Augment. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now, now,
0: from where you stand, giving, laying all the cards on the table, what do you think H.R.O. leadership needs this very crucial hour?
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, bestselling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast. Where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Mm. So I do think it needs a strong sense of strategic overview, right? So it looks at an organization from a very sort of um, top level vantage point and goes into the almost like what I call this kind of knowing glance, like, how are we shaped and and, and where do we play and and what's important to us? And what do people feel about us? Because I think that external perspective helps us with recruitment. It helps us Mm -hmm. with reputation and so on. And from that, I think they can trickle through then with, okay, what does it mean to work here and how do we bring that to life? I often say that the HR profession has this big responsibility for these people who have skills and intent and energy and, and purpose and drive to make sure it's lined up in the best possible way so that Mm -hmm. you find what you're here to do in the world through us creating the architecture for it. So I think that's what leaders need to do. They're like, have we got the right architecture so that people who come in can experiment, learn, do really good work but find out what their sweet spot is and that we let that become their destiny Um, Mm. and around that are a whole range of um, hygiene factors support development um, uh, life episodes where the organization kind of looks Mm. after people when they're having troubled times or Mm. choices to make and I think then it's about the professionalism that sits with that leader so that they can be psychologically sound they can understand technology they can absolutely work within the legal framework they know compassion and human values and then we grow a sense of expertise that people in an organization can say without that leader taking that view and trickling through to those qualities we we would have functional HR but we've got inspirational HR I think that's what I want leaders to have as their kind of calling card, inspirational HR. You 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 just brought out something that have been tugging my heart and I, I describe
0: it as the, the miracle worker, that's HR, the miracle worker. Because what you have described here, before now, you know, we just look at the function, HR function is like, it's not just to pay salaries and all of that, but from what you have outlined based on HR leadership, it's like whoever should sit on that should I say
1: cheer or occupy that role, should be a miracle worker. (laughs)
0: That's
1: a very, very nice way to describe it because it does feel, and I've used this phrase, it feels like we're not just dealing with um, uh, the kind of predictable process energy and not just Mm -hmm. the emotional, and I guess you'd say sort of um, intellectual energy. We're also Mm -hmm. dealing with the kind of quantum force that happens Mm -hmm. when you bring people together like that. It's Mm -hmm. almost like things happen more... Actively, with speed, creativity, when those things combine, process and intellect and energy and belief systems, that is quite miracle working. So I know why you make that definition. And I think it's a really nice way to think of a leader doing that kind of work
0: amazing guys w- w- we've been discussing with Perry team like i said earlier we call him the Marvin gay within this space if you understand what we mean by that he has this 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 idea you know scientific at the same time so emotional we're relating with us on this space you know and uh thank you for doing this he, he, he has a short time with me to i mean this this this, this on this episode uh, but before i let him go he has other things to catch up with before i let him go from where you stand project into the future because things are just happening at the speed of what i say our thoughts now not necessarily the speed of light now yeah. what do you think the future holds are we going to see another remodeling of hr soon let me mm.
1: I think we are, because I think what I'm sensing, and I use this word wisely, is a kind of renaissance of human Mm -hmm. beings in the workplace, right? So I think for a long time, we had people conducting very craft-like work, and then we industrialised, right? And Mm -hmm. we became part of the machinery. Whether we Mm -hmm. like it or not, we did. Now, we are now, I think, entering into an era where creativity and compassion and all of those artful craft-like qualities are what differentiates an organisation in its performance. So I think we've now realised that the machinery we can outsource literally to the code and then what we have is the opportunity for people to step more into craft, and that mm-hmm. requires a very different HR approach perfectly positioned by you earlier emotion and um, um you know i guess you'd say sort of efficiency mm-hmm. art and science all come together yeah. and and so people might say well that sounds like a real utopian pipe dream but i think things are leading us to that the experience at work now is mm. quite character defining it is what people are really looking for they will trade economic Sort of, you know, value for something Mm -hmm. where there's flexibility, choice, and belief in what they do, and we have a planet to repair, a macro. We have a planet to put right. right? That that requires art and science. So that's my sense that there is a renaissance due, and HR will need to be really at the front of that. So we, we we now need the
0: renaissance man within the heat speech.
1: <laughs> I think that's it. Vitruvian man whatever it is, the yeah. renaissance will come from that. And I think there's nothing better than us thinking about our worker's craft. I think that's a really beautiful way to think about what I do is something that has value in all sorts of dimensions but is also aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Beautiful guys. I can keep him here for another hour
0: but you know time is not our friend when we get into this space and we we're, we're, we're talking about something very so interesting and juicy but i know when we call on him again i mean he will oblige that you know oblige us of that time to talk more on this but you know we've been talking about our new hro model like you just heard him in the next maybe couple of maybe hours months maybe years we're going to see another remodeling of this model that we see. But don't be scared. That's why we're here. We evolve by the day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know how we do it on the show. We say it. This is the space where we come in to lean on one another's experience and forge a positive path. And Perry just gave us one of those positivity. And we're going to lean on it for the future. Till I come your way again. You know how we say it. Bye for now. Very
1: thank you my friend. Bye for
0: everybody again. Keep Bye. the faith. Keep the faith. Awesome time it has been with you on the World Cafe Podcast today. Thank you for being there. You can catch me up on my social media handles, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. All at Amakri isoboye. Also, you can get copies of my books, A Cocktail of Words, The Color of Words, My HR Notebook, and Hawker's Focus on God on Amazon and Roving Heights Online Bookstores. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at the same address at Amakri Iswe. I love to hear from you and how this podcast has impacted you